Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, June 14th, and we start with local news. The Mule House, the popular concert and venue hall in Columbia, is up for a foreclosure auction, according to Ron Ramsey and Associates Realtors and Auctioneers. The auction is scheduled to be held on June 26, with on-site bidding set to begin at 11 a.m. However, current co-owner and venue visionary Blair Garner, known for his work as an acclaimed country music disc jockey, says the Mule House is not going anywhere, and scheduled shows will go on without disruption. The venue's marquee currently shows the sentiment, ain't going nowhere. The recent foreclosure notice stirred community speculation about the fate of Columbia's premier music venue. On Monday, owner Blair Garner confirmed the auction but echoed the phrase on the marquee, dispelling worries about among patrons about an end to the popular concert hall. We believe it will be business as usual, all forward momentum, Garner said, who co-owns the venue with Eric Garner. We knew this could happen, but we are also for sure... A sale will not go through, he said. We have a well-crafted plan in place. Garner said the foreclosure auction is not expected to end with the property changing hands and confirmed the Mule House is not under current plans to shut down. Although Garner said he is losing no sleep over the notice, he did not elaborate about the future plan as negotiations continue between the bank and owners. The Mule House, located at 812 South High Street, has served as a popular music and event venue since opening in May of 2021. The Mule House has hosted performances by artists such as Miranda Lambert, Craig Campbell, Tyler Farr, Tracy Bird, Phil Vassar, and many more. Other events held at the Mule House include country music line dancing, comedy shows, receptions and gatherings like Columbia Mayor Chas Mulder's Victory Party in November. According to the Ron Ramsey and Associate Realtors and Auctioneers website, the notice of foreclosure mentions default of debt for the venue's official company name, Coalesce Media LLC, and their plan to take offers from the highest bidder. We are trying to negotiate for a better term on our loan, Garner said. We want to make sure we are a sustainable project. Garner said it was fair to call the turn of events a procedural necessity in dealing with a defaulted debt. The notice also names Justice, I'm sorry, Justin M. Cervatus of Chattanooga as the substitute trustee holding powers of sale for the auction. These powers of sale allow for the trustee to be the decider of several different options of the sale. Garner confirmed Monday that the venue is still selling tickets and that 90s country music star Tracy Bird is still scheduled to perform on July 22nd with no impact or interruption to scheduled events. What I have seen is that we have an incredibly supportive community, Garner said. The venue is known for its rich, state-of-the-art sound technology at the former renovated First Baptist Church, with stained-glass windows and pews for seating. A $7 million renovation project transformed the church into the popular world-class music venue. Since its opening, patrons have been lining up to see name-brand acts. We built the Mule House without excuse and spared no expense, Garner said on the venue's website. Much like Field of Dreams, we felt that if you build it, they will come. Garner's mission for patrons and performers is to provide an experience that is so deep and so rich that it becomes a memory, 
People will go where they feel welcome and appreciated, and they will want to return. Shortcuts never win, he said. According to Garner, the venue is the first in America to be built around live streaming, and only one of two, Radio City Music Hall in New York City and the other, that's entirely 4K video resolution and is ready for 8K technology. The waiting and wondering, the pricing and planning will soon change the look of downtown Columbia as county court business makes a change of venue to South Main Street. Murray County Building Committee members were the first to hear last week that many had long what many had long wondered, what is the last all-in cost of the future Murray County Judicial Center? The project's final guaranteed maximum price, or GMP, finally settled at $33,740,982, a figure that eked in just under budget projections by $118,000. Project manager Jamie Spencer shared the slight savings measures on uh, the meeting last Monday, which was music to the ears of 15 newly elected commissioners last fall. It took a lot of work and a lot of bids, Spencer said. This is a day that we have all waited on for a long time. We could not offer a GMP at first, and we went through a lengthy discussion about why. Contractors were not holding their prices more than a couple of days, he said. Spencer said at the time that the rising costs of materials would have made any GMP inaccurate. As predicted in January, with new commissioners installed, possible cost jumped by nearly $4 million to $33.9 million, as opposed to the flat $30 million that former Commissioner and Budget Committee Chairman Scott Sumners proposed prior to August of 2022 during those elections. Today, commissioners like Gabe Howard of District 8 have remained vocal and persistent to keep eyes peeled on what the now under-projected GMP includes in its finer details. Room for upgrades to interior details of the building, such as a chair rail and courtrooms, is available upon commission approval as the project moves forward. The project steering committee previously outlined specifications for the building. That group consists of officials like Judge Doug Chapman, Sheriff Bucky Rowland, and Public Defender Travis Jones, who will require the site's daily usage and facility presence. Weeks ago, at a planning meeting for the facility, Jones pleaded that the facility not exclude the crucial needs of those who must work there on a daily basis. Jones cited as reference the post-facility challenges facing Mount Pleasant's limited spacing situation for defenders and prosecutors after their courthouse had made cuts to cost. Gabe Howard stated that he just wants to ensure that commissioners are good stewards of county funds. As Howard praised the work of reaching an under-budget GMP, he also hopes to continue the conversation until the minutia of the finer points are clear and present, he said. These finer points are not, Howard says, for his preference as much as for staffing and providing what those using it will require. County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti said earlier this year that utility and other cost-cutting measures reveal what makes Team Murray projects like this come together. I'm so pleased we came in under budget, Previtti said. We are really looking forward to finally moving ahead on this project. The county's successful savings of more than half a million dollars during the first two early funding approvals has created an easy transition for the third and final funding phase to begin. The project is now under construction. For the last decade, four-legged friends have helped make the days a bit brighter at Murray Regional Health. 
The pet therapy program at Murray Regional Health was initiated in 2013 to help provide a little comfort to anyone who may need it, patients, visitors, or hospital staff. The team has included 19 dogs and their handlers so far. You can see the positive impact our pets make on everyone they come in contact with at the hospital, said Cindy Short, Volunteer Services Director at Murray Regional Medical Center. Research has shown that physical contact with a pet can lower anxiety and stress levels, and we're so glad to be able to provide this service to our patients, visitors, and staff, she said. In January, Amy Brinkley and Ryman, a two-year-old golden doodle, joined the team. Brinkley, who is married to Murray Regional Health Chief Administrative Officer Charlie Brinkley, became aware of pet therapy after her mother volunteered with Hand and Paw, an animal-assisted therapy nonprofit based in Birmingham, Alabama. Her mother passed away about four years ago, and Brinkley wanted to get involved in pet therapy to honor her memory. Ryman was trained in Mount Pleasant, and they became a registered therapy team through Music City Pet Partners based in Nashville. Only certified teams may apply for the pet therapy program at Murray Regional Health, and pet candidates must be proficient in basic commands or have obedience training. In their short time on the team, Brinkley and Ryman have found a lot of joy in creating smiles, especially in waiting rooms. The staff and patients really seem to enjoy seeing her, Brinkley said. Don't think she doesn't benefit either. She loves getting all the pets, and you can tell she gets excited as soon as we pull in the parking lot. Brinkley and Ryman joined Yakota and Jameson, Black Labrador Retrievers, and their handler, Pastor and Murray Regional Health volunteer Jeff Kane, as current Murray Regional Health pet therapy team members. Yakota is five years old, and Jameson just turned one. Yakota joined the pack after a career change, while Jameson is currently training to become a service dog. In November, Jameson will travel to Florida to the Canine Companions Regional Training Center for six months of training. Then he will be placed with a family who has a need for a service dog. The hospital has been a great environment for us, and it's so rewarding to see how happy they make everyone we come in contact with, Kane said. I've been in ministry for more than 40 years, and I've never seen a program program like this that's so accepted and valued like it is here, he said. To join the Murray Regional Health Pet Therapy Team, not only do pets have to obtain certification, but they must also meet immunization and grooming requirements and adhere to organizational policies. Once a pet is certified, the handler must go through the volunteer orientation process. We would love to have additional therapy teams join Amy and Jeff, Short said. The amount of joy these animals and their handlers bring to our patients is immeasurable, she said. For more information about becoming a volunteer or arranging a pet visit, contact Murray Regional Health Volunteer Services at 931-380-4047 or go to www.murrayregional.com forward slash volunteer. As Spring Hill leaders prepare to cast their votes on the upcoming 2023-2024 budget, one topic among discussions of what will be funded is the new fire station number four. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen voted unanimously 8-0 to zero on the budget's first of two readings, the second of which will appear on the board's June 20th regular meeting. Last week's meeting began with multiple citizen comments, including Spring Hill Fire Captain and Firefighters Association President Nick Kolasar, urging the Board of Mayor and Aldermen to move forward with the proposed fire hall. Much of the concerns were based on current response times to certain areas of the city. In some situations, the extra minutes often mean the difference between life and death. I live about a thousand feet from the proposed property of Station 4, and as we are going through the numbers tonight, there is one I want you to keep in mind specifically. 11. 
That's how long it takes an emergency vehicle to get to my house. 11 minutes, Colasar said. That could be the distinction between life and death, brain injury from lack of oxygen. I think that our children and neighbors alike deserve better. Please consider Station 4 and making it the top of your list, he said. Alderman Matt Fitterer said last year's budget set aside $3.5 million in fund balance for Fire Station 4, which he said he hopes to increase this year, given the project's estimated total cost is about $6 million. The new station will be located at Duplex and Buckner Roads and will include a 17,300-square-foot facility, along with 44 parking places. Fitterer also commented on the public's input as to the importance of this project and that he too has experienced excessive response times due to his home's location. I do certainly appreciate the public input this evening and the passion that was used to speak to Fire Station 4, Fitterer said. I don't think there is anything you have to do to convince this board that it's a need and a priority and that it's something that should be urgently addressed, he said. With that, said Fitterer added that he doesn't see the assuredness that the additional funding would make it into the budget, though that doesn't mean they cannot secure the funds by the end of the year. The bad news I had today was the presentation from Cumberland Securities during Budget and Finance Advisory Committee, Fitterer said. There's a very clear path to a significant borrow this year without even getting close to our debt capacity rules. This would include presenting a budget amendment in August or September to approve the borrow to secure the additional funds to construct Fire Station 4. I do expect Fire Station 4 will be built during this fiscal year. I just don't expect it will be included in the budget we adopt next week, Fitterer said. Remote Area Medical, or RAM, a major nonprofit provider of pop-up clinics delivering free, quality dental, vision, and medical care to those in need, will hold a free two-day clinic in Columbia on July 8th and 9th. RAM will be set up at the E.A. Cox Middle School, located at 633 Bear Creek Pike in Columbia, for two days only. This clinic is in collaboration with the Filipino-American International Organization in Tennessee. All remote area medical services are free and no ID is required. Free dental, vision, and medical services will be provided on a first-come, first-served basis. The patient parking lot will open no later than 11.59 p.m. on Friday night, July 7th, and remain open for the duration of the clinic. Once in the parking lot, additional information regarding clinic opening processes and next steps will be provided. Clinic doors open at 6 a.m. Due to time constraints, patients should be prepared to choose between dental and vision services. Medical services are offered, in addition to dental or vision services, free to every patient attending the clinic. For more information, to donate or to volunteer, you can visit www.ramusa.org or call the number 865-579-1530. Services available at the free remote area medical clinic include dental cleanings, dental fillings, dental extractions, dental x-rays, eye exams, eye health exams, eyeglass prescriptions, eyeglass made, eyeglasses made on site, women's health exams, and general medical exams. In some situations outside of remote area medical's control, such as inclement weather, volunteer cancellations, or other circumstances, the parking lot may open earlier or a smaller number of patients may be served. Remote Area Medical encourages everyone who would like services, especially dental services, to arrive as early as possible. Clinic closing times may vary based on each services service area's daily capacity. For more information, again, visit www.ramusa.org. 
Blood Assurance will be hosting its annual Donor Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. at their location at 1412 Trotwood Avenue in Columbia. There will be food, music, and giveaways. To sign up, visit www.bloodassurance.org forward slash Columbia Donor Day. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Ann Lindsay Baker, a retired office administrator for Murray County Water System and a resident of Leoma, died Friday, June 9th at Southern Tennessee Regional Health Systems. Funeral services for Mrs. Baker will be conducted on Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mrs. Sandra White Duggar, 80, a retired unit secretary for Murray Regional Medical Center, died Friday, June 9th at Brookdale Assisted Living. Funeral services for Mrs. Duggar will be conducted on Wednesday at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Friendship Cemetery. Mrs. Patsy Gale Chumley Fox, 53, a training and client specialist for 30 years for Tennessee Farm Bureau and a resident of Kalioka, died Friday, June 9th at St. Thomas West. Funeral services for Mrs. Fox will be conducted on Thursday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Friendship Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have scattered thunderstorms throughout the day today. The high will be around 80 degrees with winds out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain today, 90%. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies and a low of 59 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... 
Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Three Tennessee teachers associations are suing the state over a new law that prohibits association dues from being voluntarily deducted from paychecks. The latest legal battle to emerge over controversial legislation passed by the General Assembly earlier this year. The dues provision was an unexpected inclusion in a budget bill aimed at raising the statewide teacher pay rate to a minimum of $50,000 per year by 2027. 
Some Democrats during session slammed the clause as a poison pill to the teacher pay raise legislation, which is set to go into effect on July 1st. The Tennessee Education Association, Knox County, Lawrence County, and Metropolitan Nashville Education Associations are joining TEA in the lawsuit, along with two Tennessee teachers. Governor Bill Lee and Interim Education Commissioner Sam Piercy are named in the suit. In a Chancery Court complaint, the groups allege the deduction ban violates a portion of the Tennessee Constitution, which prohibits a bill from becoming law if it, quote, embraces more than one subject. Arguing a teacher pay raise is wholly different from payroll deductions for professional organizations. The groups argue the law would also violate another constitutional provision, which prohibits new laws from impairing the obligation of contracts. The complaint states the law will substantially harm existing contracts between the education associations and local schools and school boards, in addition to individual contractual relationships between members and the local education associations. Lee had pushed for the law, saying in May the deduction ban was designed to ensure taxpayer dollars are used to educate students, not fund politics. Opponents to the provision and the lawsuit plaintiffs say blocking education associations from collecting dues via voluntary payroll deductions doesn't save the state any money, as schools continue to use a wide range of both mandatory and voluntary payroll deductions. The bill, backed by Republicans, drew some bipartisan opposition but was ultimately passed in a flurry of of end-of-session votes in late April. The lawsuit was filed Monday in Davidson County Chancery Court. Tennessee State University's aristocrat of bands is set to leave their mark on the South Lawn of the White House as they perform in Tuesday's Juneteenth concert. Not only will TSU be represented, but also the Fisk Jubilee Singers will make an appearance, plus Jennifer Hudson, Maverick City Music, Coleman Domingo, and more. It's a lot to process, honestly, Captain of the Sophisticated Ladies, Dorica Sudith said. I feel like it really hasn't kicked in. The feeling of like, you're really here. You really made it. This celebration comes after President Biden made Juneteenth, made Juneteenth a federal holiday back in 2021. This concert celebration will also take place during Black Music Month, where the Biden-Harris administration will uplift American art forms that sing to the soul of the American experience, the White House said in a statement. This has been a big year for the aristocrat of bands, winning a Grammy, performing at the Opry, and playing at CMA Fest. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
And now our final story. It looks like the Tennessee-based restaurant Aubrey's will be coming to Spring Hill. Proposed to be built at Main Street in Miles Johnson Parkway, it is proposed to be a 7,636-square-foot restaurant with an additional 1,740 square feet of outdoor dining patio with parking. The site is located on the east side of Main Street, or U.S. Highway 31, at the Main Street and Miles Johnson Parkway intersection. Access to the restaurant will be from a proposed 30-foot private access drive that will connect with Miles Johnson Parkway and align with the existing Harvey Springs Drive. Aubrey's currently has 14 locations in the Knoxville area. This will be the first one in Middle Tennessee. The company has no indication of the new location on its website at this time. Owned by Randy Burleson, a University of Tennessee graduate, the restaurant was named one of the best locally owned restaurants in Tennessee by Southern Living. The fact that chicken fingers with honey mustard sell like hotcakes tell you a lot about Aubrey's, Southern Living shared. And at the helm, after 30 years, is a proud University of Tennessee grad who loves his state, it said. Items on the menu are classics like fish and chips, buttermilk fried chicken, chicken tenders, and gumbo. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe.